0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. A couple of programming notes for you tomorrow. Mayor President Josh Guillory sits in the studio with me. We'll have a lot of fun like we did last time. He was here. going to make that a monthly thing where he just comes and sits in and, and we talk as little about local politics as possible. Uh, Really enjoyed having him last time. And then on Friday, uh, Congressman Mike Johnson uh, will be joining me on the program. It's been a very busy week and a very busy day. And a lot of the news of the day really got overshadowed by some of just the chaos that went on in Washington today. So let's start with the Hunter Biden story, because this this was the craziest thing. So while. So if you were listening to Moon earlier, uh, I I sat in uh, I sat in with him for a few minutes toward the end of the show, and right before he came on for his last segment, I noticed the headline: Hunter Biden's plea deal had fallen apart. What in the what in God's name was going on there? So read about that. Apparently, the judge is looking over the plea deal. Says, does this plea th- does this part right here mean immunity from further investigations into such and such. And the prosecutors said, no, it does not. And Hunter Biden's lawyer said, the hell it doesn't, because they were under the impression that he was getting global future immunity. And so the deal fell apart. There was bickering in the courtroom or whatever. They they finally came back together and the deal was in place again. Apparently, one of Biden's lawyers told uh, told the, the prosecutor, just go ahead and rip up the agreement. Apparently, they thought better of that because... As it turns out, it's not wise legal practice to turn down a plea deal to get rid of some charges in favor of just going ahead and trying to defend all the charges. But then after the deal came back together, because it's like Humpty Dumpty, except the, the King's men actually were trying to put Humpty Dumpty together again, the judge looked at it and said, no, the, no, you you can't do this. You can't offer that global immunity from future uh, from future." uh, investigations and charges. You can't do that. So the judge rejected the plea deal. So Hunter Biden ended up pleading, not guilty. Uh, my boss at red state, Jennifer Van Laar, uh, wrote about this, uh, over at redstate.com. Just, she has kind of a play by play of what happened. Uh, judge Mary Ellen Norieka, uh, said she could not accept the plea agreement as it was structured, as it, just had her as a rubber stamp. The original deal was for Hunter Biden to plead guilty to two two tax misdemeanors receiving no jail time and diversion on a felony gun charge. Apparently, Hunter's attorneys believed the plea agreement would provide their client with blanket immunity on other criminal charges. But after prosecutors told the court that some of the matters were still under investigation, the judge questioned whether it was appropriate to grant immunity for matters under investigation. So after that happened, the plea agreement, uh, they, like I said, they, they brought it back together. We now know why the DOJ didn't want to show us the plea agreement terms, because this actually was in there. The judge, uh, the judge said, no, I'm not just going to rubber stamp this sweetheart deal. It's not going to happen. So now Hunter Biden has pled not guilty to charge. So Apparently, we're going to go to court. Hunter Biden may still get the opportunity to do the, uh, (laughs) to actually argue a a Second Amendment case before the courts. I would love it if Hunter Biden has to go before the Supreme Court to argue that preventing a criminal from having a gun is a violation of the Second Amendment. If that just that's that would be the best possible outcome for this whole drama is just a complete flip on the narrative on gun control for Democrats who would be torn between gun control or Hunter Biden. I feel really bad. A friend of mine pointed this out earlier. I feel really bad for the people who were out there saying the Hunter Biden stuff, this the plea deal, everything like that. It was no big deal. And they felt that way because the, the talking heads, the media were telling them it was no big deal. And if you actually paid attention to what was going on, You understood that what was happening here was a big deal. What Hunter Biden is actually accused of is a big deal. And now there's a bunch of Democrats out there learning for the first time that, yeah, this is a big deal. and He's actually in serious trouble. So we have all of that drama today. Hunter Biden, uh, he pleads not guilty to the tax charges, uh, which means that this legal drama will continue. It is it's kind of stunning, though. Again, uh, Hunter Biden was removed from the courtroom to be processed on the two tax misdemeanors and the felony gun charge. Uh, the judge gave attorneys attorneys for both sides 30 days to file briefs on the legal issues raised during the hearing. One of the things that comes up in all of this, the U.S. attorney, David Weiss, and Hunter Biden's attorneys, they apparently thought they, would, they could just get away with telling the judge, yeah, all the investigations are finished, and that the judge was seriously just going to rubber stamp this. I mean, this is a serious legal issue. And the judge, thankfully, was the only person in the room who understood this was a serious legal issue. Because she actually read the deal and said, Hank, wait. And she started asking questions fairly immediately, it sounds like. And then there's this. We've known about the sweetheart deal for, what, a month? It came out that we didn't know the exact terms, but we know it was a, a sweetheart deal. With everything that's come out, this is what Jennifer Van Laar at Red State points out, with everything, the steady drip, drip, drip over the last month, especially in the last several days, all of the information that's been coming out related to corruption, uh, those who are compromised in the U.S. Attorney's Office, in the Biden administration, Everywhere. The IRS whistleblowers' public testimony before Congress, all of that. Did the U.S. attorney really think that this sweetheart slap on the wrist was going to fly? It seems impossible that somebody would actually come out and take that stance that this was going to be allowed. but that's what apparently they were trying to, to, to sneak through. Every, you know everything else was going on today. We had what uh, we had a, a Judiciary Committee uh, hearing in the house with, uh, with Alejandro uh, Mayorka. I'm gonna get to that in a little while. Uh, we had the UFO hearing today. I, I wrote about that. that's up on kpl 965.com I'm going to talk about that in a bit too. But good God! Like it was a busy news day. I had to drink several cups of coffee just to be able to be here with y'all right now. Because between having to do my job, you know, I have to write. I have to pay attention to red state and the and the politics stuff. I got to pay attention for stuff on our site. I and 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 then I have to do show prep. And between all of that and all the stuff happening in Congress, I need a nap. And to be here early for the morning show, I need a nap. And just. Everything kept happening so, so much. And then there's the other thing. Here's here's what the judge was questioning. This is the the key issue behind the Hunter Biden drama. Hunter Biden is still being looked at for uh, Farah noncompliance. For his failure to register as a foreign agent. His work with Burisma, his work with other governments, is central to a lot of the claims against him, the investigations, everything. And he did not register as a foreign agent in a lot of those cases. And so essentially the, the issue came down to, are you going to grant Hunter Biden immunity from any investigations into Fara, the, the foreign agent registration um, act and the and there was a disagreement over whether or not they would or could or whatever and that's what led to the initial falling apart here. Anybody else? Anybody else would get the full force of the DOJ thrown at them. It's actually very easy if you were if you're if you're in a major business and industry. Um, if you do any sort of consultant work, it's very easy to actually trip up and not be in compliance with the Foreign Agent Registration Act. It, it's very easy to do. Uh, you might be doing consulting work for somebody and you don't know that somebody is actually owned by a foreign uh, government because that does happen. There, there's a lot of public ownership of of businesses and things like that around the world. You, so it's very easy to not be in compliance with it. But when you have this many problems, and, and like I said yesterday, this much smoke in the room, if not actual fires, and we're pretty sure that they are fires where Hunter Biden is concerned, anybody else would get the maximum charges thrown at them a high-profile case like this, somebody with ties to a politician, they would absolutely get the book thrown at them. But Hunter Biden's lucky. Hunter Biden's lucky because the defense and the prosecution both work for his dad. 232-1542 is the number if you want to call and be part of the conversation or... Send a message through the KPL app chat. Let's take this break. We'll be back in a moment here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com? I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number or send a message through the KPL app chat. I got so tied up in some of the Hunter Biden stuff. I forgot to mention probably the best part, which was the drama that came out last night. And this is probably the weirdest aspect of the story. The judge in the Hunter Biden case, who was a Trump-appointed judge, uh, as of last night, was threatening sanctions against the Biden legal team. The reason is that somebody from the legal team called and misrepresented their identity to court officials, saying that they were working for Representative Jason Smith, the Republican chair of the House Ways and Means Committee. And this person called the the court clerk and requested that the credible allegations from two IRS whistleblowers be removed from the amicus brief on the case the House Ways and Means Committee sent an amicus brief to the court saying with this evidence we believe that that Hunter Biden needs to have the book thrown at him and allegedly a person from the Biden team called the clerk's office the court clerk's office and asked and pretended to be a staffer with representative Jason Smith and asked that that be removed from the amicus, or the amicus be suppressed, or whatever. And so the Biden team said, no, no, that was clearly a misunderstanding by the, the clerk. That was not what our person was saying. That's not what our legal person was, or our. that's not what our legal team was saying, anything like that. They, they basically threw the clerk under the bus. The judge appeared to be mollified, but I, I have to assume the judge is still upset by that and still wants to know what the hell was going on there. But... It's just very odd. First of all, why would somebody from the Biden legal team call the clerk's office to have them quash the IRS whistleblower testimony that was in an amicus brief by the Republicans on the House Ways and Means Committee? Why would you do that first? Second, why would you pretend to be somebody from the from from that House committee. That's an easily verifiable thing. Third, even if you didn't do that, what are you hoping to get out of it, doing that the day before or the evening before your client goes to court for a plea deal? It's just super odd. It's just really really odd this this whole thing has been a clown show from from start to finish this whole thing has been a clown show 2024 cannot get here soon enough so that we can try to get rid of this entire administration if you know the the idea is that Biden won in 2020 largely because people were feeling the effects of the pandemic and especially the economic closures and everything, but also that people were tired of the drama that surrounded Trump. Today is one of those days where you have to wonder, as far as the drama goes, did we really get anything better? 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the k app chat. We will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 k Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the k News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk 96.5 K-Pel. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the program. I I'm going to actually shift a bit from where I wanted to go um because there's there's been these stories percolating for the last few days and I've mentioned a little bit of it the the Ron DeSantis rebranding efforts and we now know kind of the extent of what the uh, DeSantis campaign is doing they're laying off about a third of their staff the staff the campaign staff was very very bloated and there's some internal fighting going on, enough fighting that it's spilling over into the mainstream press. Now, the other day I said that the Tapper interview was a good introduction for DeSantis into the mainstream media. He needs to talk to the mainstream media more. And now it appears the campaign's doing that too much because there's a ton of DeSantis gossip at, over at Politico this morning and elsewhere. DeSantis needs to mainstream it up a bit. Right now, he's got a very, I mean, again, I've said this before and I'll I'll stick by it. He's hit his ceiling as far as the amount of support he can get with just the culture war stuff. He got all the non-Trump commits to his side that want the woke culture war stuff. But he's not getting any of the Trump supporters. he really needs to find a way to appeal more to the non-Trump folks in the Republican Party because the people who are with Trump right now, you can divide into two groups. The first group is people who are only Trump. You know how you have never Trump? You have people that are only Trump. Those are the people that are not going to give up on Trump ever. You also have the... Very likely Trump's. Now, the difference between the two is subtle. These are people who have decided they're going to give Trump another go. They think he's the best shot, all that sort of stuff. But these are people who are most likely to switch sides if Trump no longer seems inevitable. Everybody running in the race right now wants the very likely Trump's. But in order to get them, you have to show a lot of momentum. Ron DeSantis, although he's been in second place, hasn't shown any momentum. The campaign's been stuck. And so he really needs to make this pivot. He really needs to talk more about the economic stuff, talk more about uh, his plans, the uh, immigration, all these sorts of things, the policies that Americans really care about. The culture war stuff takes a back seat. When we're talking about the day-to-day lives of Americans as far as the economy and other and crime, and all that stuff is in play. Well, his campaign has signaled that they're going to do that. But then he appears on, uh, on the Outkick podcast. He's, he's still sticking to largely conservative podcasts and shows. He's not really going outside of his uh, of his comfort zone yet, and he really needs to make that pivot pretty soon. But he's not. Um, who it was? Charlie Cook, Charlie Cook at National Review. He has pointed out something from the interview that he did with OutKick. DeSantis went on this podcast and was asked if he uh, would consider naming uh, Democratic candidate Robert Kennedy Jr. as his vice president. DeSantis responds that he would sick him on the FDA if he'd be willing to serve or sick him on this on the CDC. Charlie Cook with National Review points out it's flat out insanity for DeSantis to mention RFK Within the same sentence as the FDA or or CDC, let alone as a potential employee to do anything related to medicine. He's a kook who'd improve nothing. Charlie Cook at National Review. Now, whether or not you believe that RFK is a kook. DeSantis doesn't get anything. By going on outkick and saying this stuff, this panders to. People who are already aligned with Trump and don't see a viable alternative. He's not going to get anything from that interview. The DeSantis campaign has been disappointing to a lot of people on the right who who want the party to move on from Trump. He has been; his campaign has floundered. Uh, they're they're a very online social media-based campaign. And they've been reliant on the Never Back Down Pack to do the bulk of the fundraising, the get-out-the-vote work, the voter registration stuff, cutting the ads, everything like that, because Never Back Down Pack has a ton of money, has more money than anybody else in this race. But DeSantis's campaign has been bloated, has been very online, has not really been able... To get a breakthrough message going. And now he's suffering for it. But I say all of that. To say this. Much like. There are plenty of you out there. Who like to call in. Or send a message when I'm critical of Trump. The same thing is happening for people who are DeSantis fans. Not, not just fans, but the full fanatic. And that's not going to serve DeSantis' campaign either, and here's why. The people who tend to be very online and very popular online and form these cults of personality online are the people that the campaigns tend to listen to most because they are the loudest voices. And when you get stuck listening to those loudest voices, you ignore the quiet voices. And the quiet voices are really where the campaigns need to be looking right now. If you are a very online candidate or a very online campaign, you end up with a lot of people shouting, trying to demand your attention, and you, you go to where the fires are, not understanding that there's something in another room smoldering and you're not going to be able to detect it until it's too late. The people who are paying attention to the very online issues and are the very online people are not the ones you've got to try to win over. Those are the people you've already got. And DeSantis is falling into that trap. And there's these cults of personality that are forming in politics more and more these days than than, than we used to really ever see. Uh, it, started, it started with the Obama campaign, but... It, it wasn't just Obama. Uh, Ron Paul had a, a terrifying cult of personality. Uh, it's one of the few times that the, the website I write for, Red State, it's one of the few times there's actually ever been an active policy of banning commenters who were followers of a certain politician. The, the Ron Paul fanatics were just so over the top and so aggressive and so annoying and, and frankly so threatening in terms of like they were literally threatening other people that they just got a blanket ban at Red State before my time there, but I remember it. The cults of personality that are forming in politics don't actually serve Americans very well. And this is a concern that a lot of people are now having with the DeSantis campaign, that it's very online, it's very much serving those cults of personality, and it's really starting to ignore the rest of the the voting base in the Republican Party. Because again... Trump holds the plurality of Republican voters. In some cases, in some state-level polling, he holds a majority. But in most, he holds at least a plurality. And they're dedicated. So if, if a candidate wants to beat Trump, then the candidate has to go find those people that are not already with him. And listening to the very online people who are already with you, those cults of personality, those don't help. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's jump to the phone lines now. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line?
1: Evan, how you doing?
0: Doing good, Evan. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Um, My two cents on the Ron DeSantis Trump, mm-hmm. You know, I go back to the slugfest that was Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. Yeah. And there was a a moment early in the campaign where Cruz looked like the stronger candidate. Yeah. And Trump just outmaneuvered him and came out and won the nomination. Mm -hmm. I don't see DeSantis as a strong of a campaigner as Ted Cruz.
0: Yes, you're
1: right. And, and so it's, he may have better policy, better ideals, but he's he's so far he's been ineffective at getting his message out to the the as you said the swing voter independent mm-hmm. or the swing voting Republicans as you say. Yeah, you, I think you referred to them as um, maybe Trumpers is what you put to him or the the
0: or, v- they're the very likely Trump. Well, so the very likely Trumpers the st- Trump they're gonna they're gonna stick with Trump until they see a more viable alternative and. DeSantis hasn't shown that. And then you have yeah, the people I, I, who are just not Trump in general. Whether It's not that they're never Trump. They're just not Trump right now. They want something else for whatever reason. And you're yeah, right. I mean, they, I, and he's not being able to maneuver himself to get to them.
1: Yeah. I make the effort to uh, research and read. And I, I like, I think that DeSantis would be more effective than Trump. Mm-hmm. But I don't see him being able to campaign and get his message out as effectively as Trump is, because there's there's one thing about Trump that the Santos will never have. Mm-hmm. And that is the free media that Trump gets yes. just by opening his mouth. Yes. Every news channel is going to cover every word he says.
0: Exactly. You are absolutely right. Evan. right. You, uh, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. All right. Let's move on to our next caller. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line?
2: Hey, man, it's Nick. How's it going, buddy?
0: Doing good. How are you?
2: Ah, Good. So, look, I think Ron DeSantis jumped into this a little too soon. Yeah. Um, Now, look, here's the thing. I love Ron DeSantis, and I love Trump, but Ron, you know, he kind of came in when, you know, Trump was already – the high popularity of everything Mm
3: -hmm. you know
2: trump's been building his you know campaign since biden took office and he decided to mess everything up
3: Mm -hmm. so
2: i mean it it, i think i think ron desantis just needs to sit back and wait for trump to finish his last four years before he runs again now that that right there i feel like would be really effective Mm -hmm. if you know ron came in after trump because honestly if you look at it Ron DeSantis and Trump, they're kind of, you know, they're they're similar in a lot of ways. They're both, you know, they got uh, sarcastic words. Um, They don't care. They run the company or their state like a business. Yeah. And that's what we need. You know, that's what I loved about Trump. I didn't like Trump as a person, but I loved him as a president because he ran this like a company. Yeah. You know, and that's what we need. He put America first, and that's what they're doing. So for me, I think Ron DeSantis just needs to, you know, sit back and. Just let
0: Trump do his thing. And and you're not alone in that. There's a lot of people who feel that way. But there's also, on the flip side of that, and this is where the, the division's coming in, is there are a lot of people concerned that, okay, Trump gets that four years, then you have to go through this process all over again. What if DeSantis is on his way out after that? And there's people concerned that maybe you don't have that strong candidate ready to go next time. So that's a lot of the conflict that a lot of people who have. I mean, there's a ton of undecided voters in all these polls. That's one of the things they're kind of grappling with is do we go with the guy that who's been present before who can get another term or do we want a fresh two termer.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you know, and I understand that. I do. But it's just it's when when you're trying to take on somebody who's as popular as Trump, you have to be able to come into this mm-hmm. very popular. Now, what DeSantis did to try and gain his popularity, that was hilarious, honestly, sending all the Mexicans up north yeah. and every it was Uh, To me, it was kind of funny, and then it was like, okay, he's gonna—he's really going for it, you know. These Democrats are starting to hate him, so he tried to gain his popularity there. I believe, but it wasn't enough. Trump, you know, he's just—he's taken over. There's no—I don't even think the polls are saying. I think the polls are saying right now he's way above everybody else. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, he—he absolutely is, and and you're right, and that—that's something maybe his campaign can overcome. Uh, but thank you very much for the call. Uh, Got some more calls on the line. You guys just stick around with us for this break. I'll get to you when we come back here on The Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5. KPEL will wrap up the show after this. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, Go to your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this from, and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to The Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232. 1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's jump, in fact, over to the phone lines now. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's, all, who's on the line? Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. How you doing?
3: Hey, I'm, okay. Now I turned off. I was still playing music. Ah. Okay, so uh, Ron Paul gets 20% as an independent candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not called to personality. It's one word is resonate. Trump and Ron Paul resonate with people, and that's that's all there is to it. The last caller said it all. They don't. They don't like Trump as a person, but as a business and for the country, it's what's for the best. You know, Ron DeSantis probably a great guy, like his wife. Everything looks good, but he does not resonate with people, and that is going to be a problem. But that to call him cult of personality? No, that that's an injustice. People are speaking up, and. That's what that is saying. Bill Clinton would have never made it without Ron Paul cutting the vote twenty percent. Bill Clinton? Yes. Bill Clinton would not have won if Ron Paul didn't take twenty percent of the vote from George Bush.
0: You're 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 thinking Ross Perot.
3: I'm sorry, Ross Perot.
0: Thinking, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's Ross Perot, but. It, but no, but see, there's the thing there. It's the the resonation that Ross Perot had, that's a very interesting case because a lot of people will blame Ross Perot for for George H. W. Bush losing. But when you go and you look at the data afterwards, Ross Perot voters were split 50-50 between who their second choice was. So Ross Perot may not have actually cost George W. Bush directly. But he did have a big impact on that race, and you 're right there it 's that resonation i 'm not saying the entire base is a cult of personality, but when you li- when you get stuck listening to the very loud elements of a of your following and you tend to ignore the quieter ones that 's the cult of personality the really loud ones that are going out and they're they're not only being really loud for your side but they are also being. Fairly obnoxious and very much mistreating people who don't agree with them 100%. That's the cult of personality stuff. And that tends right. to well, be more dangerous to those caller, political moves.
3: The last caller was saying how Trump had so much media coverage. Yeah. It's because they thought he was a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they gave him that media coverage. That way he was the candidate. Yeah. Okay. Because they thought he was easily beatable. Yeah. And it, it played against them. But and the the other thing, the last thing I want to say is, these people who say they're independent voters and they're on the fence about how they're going to vote. What what as a Republican, I know you're in, you're something you know, totally not just Republican. Mm-hmm. But what what is a Democratic policy that you could agree with as a conservative? I, there is nothing that I could say. Hey, yeah, you're probably right about this. I just don't understand how people can say, oh, I'm on the fence about this or that. You have values that are made up through your life, and I don't have any that yeah. go to the left. So right. I don't know.
0: All right. Thank you very much for the call. Unfortunately, the clock messed up, and I've got to run. But thank you very much for the call. Thank you guys very much for joining in. I'll talk to you again tomorrow here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 k